Hello, and welcome to Tales from the Leeds Library, the Leeds Library's podcast series in which we talk to members of our extended community about their lives, their work, and their relationship to books, libraries, and literature. Founded in 1768, the Leeds Library is the oldest surviving subscription library in the UK, and throughout this series we'll also be diving periodically into the library's rich history to find out what makes us and our members one of the most interesting and unique cultural institutions in Leeds and the UK. I'm Molly McGrath, the project's assistant at the Leeds Library, and today our guest is Ian Harker. Ian is the author of a pamphlet, The End of the Sky, and a collection, Rules of Survival, through Templar Poetry, and hopes to publish his second pamphlet, A to Set of Superstitions, through Yaffle Press this year. He's a co-founder of Saboteur Award-nominated Strix magazine, which is soon to be relaunched, and he has placed in competitions including the Bridport, Troubadour and BBC Broms Poetry Competition, and is an organiser of the Leeds Lit Fest. Most importantly, however, Ian is the newly appointed Marketing and Communications Officer here at the Leeds Library, and we're going to be talking to him about his role here as well as his poetry work. So hello Ian, thanks very much for uh, joining me on this podcast. Um, So we're going to talk a bit about um, library stuff later on, but I want to talk a bit first about your writing um, and your poetry. So just give us a bit of background, how did you first start writing um, and was it something that you were always interested in from a young age or did you come to it later as an adult? I think I started writing poems when I started reading poems for pleasure mm. um, and that's when I when I started wanting to write them myself when I was studying poems at school I never really got that urge somehow there were I don't know there, it was something that you studied at school mm. and it was like a finished version of a poem that you took apart in a classroom and it never really seemed to have uh, any relevance to to like life and the idea that I might actually write something like that myself but when Mm. I started reading it um, myself for pleasure probably when I was about 18 19 um, that's when I started writing um, uh, myself Um, but I guess the the earliest thing I can remember um, and that probably did have a big impact probably bigger than I can really um, trace back um, is uh, at primary school, um, mm. it was it was a World Book Day, and our teacher, uh, Mrs. Geldard, um, shout out to Mrs. Geldard at Lower <laughs> Worldly Primary School, because um, she read us Roald Dahl's Vaulting Rhymes. Ah, um, okay. I just remember being absolutely mesmerised. Yeah. And gobsmacked as well because you know you, there's 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 knickers in there, there's machine guns, yeah. there's, and and I just. I was just, I, I can still remember, I can still see that moment when I was sitting there listening to these poems and just being absolutely blown away. Yeah. Um, I have a formative memory of reading Roald Dahl's like adult short stories for the first time. I don't know if you've read them, but they're, they're horrific. They're really gory mm, and really? like creepy no, and horrible. Them, no. And I remember thinking like, oh yeah, Roald Dahl, he's a kid's author. I'll enjoy these and being like horrified. <laughs> um, but I'm wondering like, if so if you, you started kind of writing once you started reading for pleasure did that come from a kind of an impulse to, of towards self-expression or were you more kind of interested in in the kind of you know playing with words and and the kind of the mechanics of the language or was it both um 
yeah kind of both but for self-expression mainly um or rather i suppose i just wanted i i, I just loved poems so much mm. that i wanted to do it myself i guess that that, that was uh, that that was the impulse and and self-expression um mainly but i have come to combine the two i think i, I like poets that that do a lot of different things mm. um and um that can include yeah just playing with sounds and having fun mm. yeah exactly <laughs> Um, what so? What kind of um, themes are you drawn to in your work, and have they changed over the years? And if so, how? I'm not. I, I always struggle to say what exactly it is I write about. Um, I guess how I write has changed um, as I've got a bit older. Um, I think when I first started writing, and particularly because you go through a phase, or many writers go through a phase where they imitate. Um, mm. the writers and the performers that they most love and for me that that's essential really it's how you learn um, yeah. learn by copying and eventually you sort of come out of that a bit and develop your own um, voice once I'd stopped doing that um, I guess I started writing about anything that, that fell at my feet and I was like oh write a poem about that mm. oh write a poem about that oh write a poem about that um, so it was impulsive in a way um, but but now I've got a bit older, um, I find myself writing less, mm. um, but writing hopefully better, mm. <laughs> um, maybe writing more quality than quantity, and um, actually noting down things that I want to write about and just accepting that writing about that will come when it when it wants to. Yeah. So I've never been someone that can force myself to write a poem I, I've got to let it uh, come which is difficult when you're commissioned to, to write oh, something yeah. um, but you know I, I, staring at a blank page and thinking how am I going to do this nothing worse for me um, but you know um, you can get there um, I suppose so. those ideas need kind of time to to percolate in your brain and, and develop mm. more fully and um, and sometimes you just need to think about the subject that it is you mm. want to write about a bit mm. more. Uh, yeah, um, I'm going to put you on the spot because I haven't actually written this down. But do you do you what kind of poets do you remember reading that first really inspired you um, when you were 18? And 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 I well I guess do you have any big kind of inspirations or influences? Um, yeah, I mean the the biggest one for me is Paul Durkin. Mm-hmm. Um, who I, I came to, I did come to a bit later, um, but um, he's an Irish poet, absolutely fantastic um, writer. I, I can't, uh, I can't begin to express my admiration um, for his work. And again, because he does so many different things, and he, and very often he does it all at once. Uh, yeah. So he, he can write about so many different kinds of things. And when you think he's being deadly serious, maybe he's not. Maybe. Uh, um, maybe he's being funny and when you think he's being funny he's actually being deadly serious mm. uh, he's uh, got such a light touch and such incredible humanity and kindness that, that shows through really in, in Paul Durkin's work um, so uh, Paul Durkin is definitely top of the list but um, early poets that I mean Philip Larkin was the first one mm. um, uh, High Windows the collection High Windows I just I read that and read that and read that over and over again I mean 
he's a bit grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I, I look at some of his work now and think, oh, okay, Philip, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, you know, whatever. Um, but I, I, I still do love Philip Larkin uh, and uh, and High Windows um, and Louis McNeese, um, uh, another poet that I completely fell in love with mm. and still am uh, in love with. And he had amazing hats as well, <laughs> um, so that's always a good sign for me. <laughs> um, so can you tell me a little bit about your upcoming pamphlet, which is... Uh, an A to Z, or A to Z of superstitions, which is going to be published through Yackle Press yeah. later uh, this year. Yeah, I guess it's um, an example of uh, write what you know being a cliche, but but it mm. being true. Um, it, it's a very Leeds collection. Um, uh, many of the poems in it are about um, people that I knew in my childhood mm. and people's pasts. Um, in my childhood, so I mean the A to Z of superstitions is a, it's a little bit of a joke, <laughs> um, but it's it's also kind of um, you know the family stories and people you knew from a long time ago they they do kind of become um, um, fixed stars in your life and almost mm. like superstitions, mm. um, and so it's it's telling the stories of their lives and, and my life and and leads. Uh, I really like that idea of. Um... I think poetry does this really well, actually, of, of mythologizing your own life in a way and creating this kind of language, uh, uh, yeah, almost like a mythology around your own life. Oh, yeah, poets super, love that. Poets yeah. love, and they'll put them themselves at the centre of their mythology exactly, as well, usually. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but really, like, you know, self-referential. Do you, hmm. I think this is, is your second collection and you have a pamphlet, pamphlet as well, yeah. second pamphlet. Hmm. Do you find that your work gets kind of, I guess denser and 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 builds on itself the more that you write, or is each collection kind of a discrete, separate thing by itself? I think it feels very uh, it feels very unique when you're writing it. But uh, I, I was reading um, some of the pamphlet um, the other day, at the end of the uh, the other day, at the end of the sky, mm. and um, I, I could see a lot uh, of similarities. Um, actually with um, A to Z of superstitions um, mm. for example um, so I guess when you're writing it it does feel very you, you are very close to it and mm. very in the moment and it does it, it can feel unique but actually probably when you step back from it uh, a little bit later on you probably see more um, similarities I guess yeah well I guess it's always all your own work isn't it I think do you, do you feel that you have a kind of set voice now that you found that is Kind of your own or do you I mean I, I suppose writing is always an evolving process but do you feel like you have kind of more to if, if I feel or? if I feel like there's an Ian Harker poem coming on I always try to stop writing it or I always try and write it in a, <laughs> <laughs> I always try and write it in a different way yeah because um, really poetry is just surprising language and if uh, um, if there is an Ian Harker poem coming on surely that means that you must have written that before mm. and so I I, I mean, there's a danger to that um, in in be, trying to be different all the time, um, but you have to fight against um, writing the same thing and writing the same thing in this in exactly the same way. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I I, I think uh, it can work, but you have to you have to fight very hard to. That's quite um, a good piece of advice, actually. If you feel that something is too you, you should step away from it. Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I think that's really interesting. But so, I mean, I, you have this this 
this pamphlet coming out, but you also are have have kind of done some publishing, and you co-founded uh, Strix magazine, mm-hmm. which is a is a poetry magazine. Poetry and fiction. Poetry and fiction, and uh, it, uh, am I right in saying that it's Leeds based, or is it kind of more? Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, it, yeah, it takes um, submissions from all over the country and, and all over the world, but uh, it is Leeds based. Yeah. yeah. So can you tell me a bit about Strix and and kind of how it came to be and why you kind of where the idea came from and yeah um i mean rules of survival was coming out this would have been 2017 Mm -hmm. so Um, this is your first first collection yeah Yeah. um and uh there'd been a huge amount of work um going into uh to that um to get the manuscript ready and it i mean it was two years after the pamphlet but they they still felt very hard on each other's heels yeah um so I, i was still um reading from the pamphlet in places, uh, but also um, getting the book together. Um, so there was this huge burst of activity, um, and then I clicked send uh, on the the you know the final manuscript, and it was all done and it was agreed. Uh, and then I was sort of sitting there, sort of thinking, <laughs> "Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. What do I do now?" <laughs> um, so uh, that seemed like the perfect moment to. Um, I don't want to be that guy, but put something back, you know, do, mm. you know, do something of use to the community that that um, made me um, succeed um, as a writer, yeah, um, and to um, to pull my weight. Yeah, and what's the process of putting strips together like in comparison to writing, and and do you think the process of editing and looking through submissions has changed or affected your work in any way? I know that you have. I know that you have loads and loads and loads of submissions and you're quite um, kind of selective, which makes it this kind of quite uh, compact like magazine, but mm. then it's everything in it is really amazing. So, yeah, do you, do you, has that process kind of informed the way that you write or, or think about writing? I think it it does, um, but you, you have to, or I have to compartmentalise um, Strix and uh, say Leeds Lit Fest mm-hmm. uh, and their job um, with my own writing. Mm-hmm. I, I I can't really, um, I can't really work in the same headspace. Yeah, um, I suppose. Um, so uh, I've had to keep um all, each of those things um separate. Um, and if it's influenced my writing, it's only when I've actually gone back to um issues of Strix uh, and like you say um, read back the work that's in it and thought that's really good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you know it is when, yeah. when you're publishing it when, when you're um, going through a thousand submissions you, you know what you've got's good but you're under pressure and you need to make a decision Yeah. and editors disagree with each other and we see different things and we see different yeah. things from different perspectives um, but ultimately you come back to it and you think Oh, that's really good. Um, so, I mean, if Strix has taught me anything, it's how to write. It's how to write really good poems. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because you know they they show you how to do it. So it's not you 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 don't edit it yourself. Or I mean, you co-edit it. Yeah, I'm, right? well, I'm, yeah, you're yeah, part of a team. Uh, yeah, uh, Andrew Lambeth and I are the poetry editors. Yeah, um, and S.J. Bradley is the fiction editor. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. I've heard of her um, work, and well, I'm interested in when you're when you're going through these submissions. If if you um, if it's more of a 
a head or a heart decision when you when you're kind of stuck in deciding what to include or, or what you think is really good if it how that decision gets made if you see something and you you I don't know if you think oh technically that's really good but I don't love it or if you're if you're if your kind of gut says oh my god this is amazing and but your head's kind of maybe a bit like unsure as to why mm, I, I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever made a decision based on my head it's always been heart yeah and for me the poems that I want to publish are always the ones that have just leapt off the page and said I'm yeah. the one you know <laughs> it's yeah, total yeah. when Harry met Sally moment um but uh, Andrew comes at um, poetry from a, a bit of a different perspective um, from me because his background is um, graphics and typography. Okay. Um, so he's got a different eye and a different feel for things than me, a mm. different taste, I suppose, ultimately. Um, and uh, I'll say, for example, no, I, I'm, I'm not sure about that, but then Andrew will put his perspective on it and, yeah. and, and um, will either agree or have a duel. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, does Andrew do the the typography for it? Because there are yes. I've seen a couple of the um, the pamphlets and they're amazing. They're these kind of really long, thin. Mm. Yeah, no, um, he yeah he does all that yeah. volumes, but then they have like kind of tracing paper pages and yeah. and these amazing illustrations. They're really yeah. gorgeous. How how long does one kind of take to to put together? I I wouldn't. I mean, in time-wise, I can say that the submission windows are a month, and mm. then um, you may be talking, once we've got all the work finalised, you may be talking two, maybe three weeks mm. um, until uh, it either goes off to the printer or comes back from the printer. In terms of how much uh, work Andrew does, um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he has this... this magic dust that he mm. sprinkles over it and whatever he touches he manages he, he makes it look um amazing and I, I guess there's a combined decades of, of experience yeah um, in there um so exactly you know timing it how much work goes in hard to say um but the turnaround is is for one issue is about two months from, okay. from submission to that's quite, print. I guess, quite quick, but then it must be very, very intensely. I imagine reading thousands of submissions. It, yeah, it, yeah, it, it is. Kind yeah. of fries your brain a little bit. It does, it, yeah, it does. <laughs> kind of thinking, what a world. But that's, that, that is the enjoyable part, you know, that there's no other reason for set, for setting up a magazine. Yeah. Uh, and I do, I, I love reading all of the submissions. We do read all the submissions. So I, I love reading them all. And I, I've never, uh, um, never not loved a single submission yeah so you're obviously really involved in the the Leeds poetry scene and you're, you're from near Leeds and and you know you, you kind of work you work at the library and with the lit fest and all of this stuff what do you think are some of the best things about the Leeds kind of literature scene at the moment are there any organizations or events or poets or publications that are doing really good things apart from Strix obviously apart, you mentioned yeah. <laughs> and Ian Harker's newest uh, publication of course yeah no days uh, go without saying well um a few years ago I can't remember time is no longer really a thing is mm. it um a few years ago the Guardian published um, a piece about the DIY scene um in Leeds mm. um and it, it was a bit of a, a puff piece in, in a way it was kind of journalistic writing but uh, I think it, it is um, true, you know, that there's a truth um, at the heart of it that um, uh, I, not just in Leeds, the, the, the whole um, country is 
writing is supported by networks of people who um, work incredibly hard for no money, less than no money because they, you know, they, they just pay out of pocket expenses for themselves, P- passionate individuals who just make things happen because they want it mm. um, to happen. And I think Leeds is really, really good um, mm. for, um, for that. Um, I, I joined the Leeds Writers Circle um, in 2006, um, for example. Mm. Um, absolutely incredible um, group of people. Um, again, all run by volunteers. Um, fictions of every kind. Um, Leeds Poetry Stanza. Word Club um, at, at the Chemic. All, all of these uh, mm. groups, you know, nights, um, workshops, spoken word. Um, Leeds is, is seething. Um, with those kinds of uh, of organisations, uh, and it's a real strength for the city, and it means that um, I remember talking to a um, a publisher once. I'm I'm not being coy. I just can't remember <laughs> <laughs> who it was. Um, uh, she said that she'd gone to university in Leeds in the seventies, and uh, not Leeds, London in the seventies, and the only type of literature event um, down there at the time was you went to a book launch. You mm. got a free glass of wine. The publisher stood up and said how marvellous they were. The writer mm. stood up and said how marvellous they were. Then everyone went home. Mm. Uh, and in terms of getting published, it was all a case of, well, you need to get to know the right people. Yeah. Um, whereas now in Leeds, over the last um, few years, I'd, I've seen people walk into spoken word nights for the first time ever, performed for the first time ever, um, and they've been picked up by yeah. publishers. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who just love their work and they've been encouraged by the, the grassroots um, of, of the writers of the city and like, nurtured yeah. um, and I think, I think Leeds is really really good for that you're right and I think there is a, a real I think there are strong connections between these, these groups um, of the, you know these different writing groups but they also have strong connections with these kind of smaller um, publishers, poetry publishers or um, you know, and it, it that ties into a lot of the work that we're kind of wanting to do with the library, which is about supporting, you know, that kind of I don't want to call it a food chain, but you know, that food chain of, of yeah, you have you have spaces for people to try out their work and practice it and get criticism and then you have, you know, those those people are able to to perfect it and then get picked yeah. up and then Yeah, an ecosystem. You know, an ecosystem. That's a much nicer way of putting it. <laughs> um I guess then conversely, what do you think that that we could be doing better in Leeds to support up and coming writers? What do you think we don't do so well or we could do better? Well, I mean, I think it's easy to engage people who are already engaged. Um, So, you know, you you sit out your stall as Leeds Lit Fest um, every year and um, people who really want to seek you out will seek you out. Um, I I think the real work... um, uh, you know, going forward in the future needs to be um, with, well, pre-existing organisations that, that can put you in touch um, with people who aren't engaged uh, and who um, maybe have never, have always thought they want to start writing and performing but um, have, have never done or maybe have never even considered mm. writing and performing. Uh, it's getting to those uh, hard-to-reach um, uh, people and I suppose that work comes from schools primarily, yeah. and community organisations, because, like I said, the earliest memory of poetry for me is being read a poem at school. Yeah. Um, and that that's the perfect um, time and, uh, and the perfect context to, to inspire people um, 
um, you know, at the, at, at, in the early years of the life. Um, so I guess there needs to be more work with schools and, and community organisations to, to get to people who um, wouldn't necessarily pick up a brochure about Lee's Lit Fest. Yeah, and actually I think, um, uh, I guess ironically for, you know, spoken word groups and things like that, not necessarily great at shouting about themselves I think or um I don't know I always think of of, of literature and, and reading as quite a kind of insular thing you know that you do by yourself so I think those communities aren't necessarily always the the loudest right or, or they they are but it takes such a huge amount of work mm. um to run an organization like that you yeah know? and when usually when um um, the people running it have all got full-time jobs uh, as well you know um, it it uh, social media um, and the internet are vital tools um, but they can be very difficult um, to be heard um, mm-hmm. on um, and again it's about reaching um, harder to reach um, people who are, yeah. are not already um, engaged um, and it, it, it can take all of your work um, as an organizer of a spoken word night um, just to do um, the spoken word night. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I mean, as we know, coming off the back of the, the Leave the Lit Fest, yeah. which, I mean, actually was was great. And, and I, you know, I think that there's good energy going forward for, oh, yeah, for this absolutely. kind of work that we're you know, yeah. doing at the yeah. library, which is about kind of, yeah, supporting up-and-coming writers and being a kind of writer's hub in the city and, you know, kind of... A, a concrete place for these kind of writerly communities to come and mm. meet and gather, which is really exciting. But I mean, so for, for those listeners who don't know, um, Ian has, has recently joined the library as the new marketing and communications officer. Um, so it's a really interesting time to be joining the library at the moment. Um, but how have you found your first month or so here so far? Well, I can't believe it's a month <laughs> for the first thing. Cause you know, um, Second week was uh, Lee's Lit Fest, mm-hmm. um, and then the third week was... That felt like a year. Um, that felt yeah, like a year. Um, and then uh, announcing um, uh, the acquisition of um, 15 Commercial Street. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm now sort of um, just coming down and thinking, oh, right, okay, <laughs> I've got a job to do. Um, it's been extremely busy, um, but uh, but wonderful um, at the same time. Uh, yeah. And um, I'm looking forward to um, contributing to you know helping to shape um, the next chapter of the the library's history. Yeah, I mean, what are you looking forward to over the coming months um, uh, at the library? And well, I mean, more specifically, I guess, what can people listening, so members and members of the public, look forward to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so at the um, really, I guess the the library's um, getting back to normal um, now after COVID. Mm. Um, so, um, the, um, film for people who are members of the library, um, film club um, is back up and running mm-hmm. um, now. The uh, the members craft club um, has just restarted. Um, the book group. Um, has just restarted yeah. um, as well and if you're not a member yet um, we've, we've um, started rerunning um, tours um, mm-hmm. of the library including tours this week um, and you're doing one I'm doing one tomorrow, one tomorrow. I, I did one today impromptu ah, um, to okay. some of the volunteers from the Department for Transport um, yes. who, who are working next door um, who we suddenly realised needed a tour so um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I jumped in um, at, uh, at the last moment 
Um, but yeah, it's. Um, I'm just looking forward to um, getting to know our members and getting to be a part of the yeah. community. Come and um, say hello, members. Yeah. Yes, if you're in. absolutely. Come and ask for me. <laughs> and we've been today. We've been moving um, all of the books. The, so part most of the library's collection is stored in this building, but actually a, a lot of it was at Mill Hill Chapel. Um, it's, it's now not. It's now not. It's now next door at 15 Commercial Street, which is really exciting, thanks to the hard graft of everyone today. In, yeah, including including over. member volunteers. Um, exactly, who, yeah. Who responded to um, the, call. The, the clarion call. <laughs> so that's been really exciting. And, and um, yeah, I guess a, a lot of the stuff that we'll be doing over the next few months is kind of working out what to do with those and what to do with the building next door, which is really exciting. Mm. Um. So I, my final question is, how can people find out more about you and how can they get their hands on your writing? Would you like to promo anything? Yeah, so um, <laughs> yeah, they, you can find out more about me on Twitter um, at Ian underscore underscore Harker um, or um, Rules of Survival um, is available um, at templarpoetry.com uh, as okay. in Knights Templar, templarpoetry.com. And keep your eyes out for the eight set of superstitions um, via Yaffle Press. Yaffle yeah. Press this year, and and Strix is relaunching. Is that right? I've heard rumours. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it will be. Yeah. Very exciting. So, and I imagine there will be a kind of submissions process. New submissions for that. Um, starting up. Yes. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay. Thank you so much, Ian. Uh, Thank you. I hope that members, yeah, will come and say hello and have a chat. <laughs> He's very friendly. I promise. <laughs> This has been a podcast from the Leeds Library. Links to more information about our guests and any works talked about can be found in the description. If you'd like to find out more about the Leeds Library and any of our upcoming events, please visit our website at www.theleedslibrary.org.uk or you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook at the Leeds Library. Thank you for listening and keep your eyes and ears peeled for more tales from the Leeds Library in our future episodes released every Wednesday.